All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. So each week we take a listener question about a topic they were interested in by visiting our website techgumbo.net and on our website you can list out a question and if we use your question we will send you a Tech Gumbo mug. This week's question is... What is CityCoin? That is a great question. If you ask different people, you're going to get different answers. To try and, and really boil it down, a CityCoin is one created by an organization called CityCoins, and they're trying to push it. It is a cryptocurrency that is named after individual cities. And what this organization is trying to do is they're trying to get people to start using the cryptocurrency and then to have the cities somehow take advantage of this asset. Which is just amazing to me that the hubris of, of a cryptocurrency that thinks some city is going to put their name, well, not just their name on it, but put some valuation, whether it's bond money or some asset backing this. Because if if you don't have something backing that's that's not a that's not a good way to be a good steward of the people's money. There currently no model exists for how U.S. cities can incorporate cryptocurrencies into their economies and government operations. So there's no real method here. It's really just kind of this company throwing a hail mary and saying, "Hey, you know what? If we name a." An Austin coin and a Miami coin and a Portland coin. No, not that Portland, the other Portland coin. And then maybe one of them will get big and then it'll become successful. And then we'll make money off of it. That's kind of what their general aim is here. Most cities want nothing to do with this just because they don't have the internal capacity or technical capability to really manage this. But there is one city, Miami. The current mayor... Francis Suarez, he has staked a lot of his reputation on it. And much like cryptocurrency, it's gone way up and it's gone way down. Speaking of hubris, this guy has, well, let's say he has a political future. It might have been a lot brighter future prior to this Miami coin where he's an investor. He says he's put a lot of his money into the Miami coin, hoping that the rest of the citizens of Miami will take some civic pride and go out and go buy some Miami coin. For a while, they did. It went up 
to almost a dollar a coin in value, and then it didn't. Yeah. Since its peak in September, it has dropped 95% of its value, and it's now worth less than a penny. And that really kind of hurts someone who has said that he's trying to make his city the most Bitcoin-friendly city on the planet, and has said that he wants to be a Bitcoin president for America. Whenever your city coin, the bottom falls out, the trust in your leadership falls out. When you tell me the value of of your Bitcoin is 0.0032, when it was $1, the value dropping down to 0.00, that's jumps on your decimal. That's a big loss. Yeah, and it's also a problem that he faces because depending upon exactly some language that he used and exactly some emails that he sent, the Securities and Exchange Commission might have some interesting questions for him. A former chief of the SEC's Office of Internet Enforcement has said, the SEC could very easily see an email like this, become concerned, open up a formal investigation, and issue subpoenas to everyone. Now, he didn't say that they're currently doing that, but he just said, I, as a former chief, this is exactly the sort of thing that I would be looking at in this scenario. And as a former chief, he knows what the current chief is probably doing when he says something like that. He wasn't trying to say, nudge, nudge, get off your butt and go do something. He's sitting back giggling, going, I know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. You got to think that he still talks to some of his friends inside the business and wouldn't issue a formal statement like this if he didn't already have some idea of which way the winds were blowing. Just the fact that the Security and Exchange Commission Office of Enforcement, just that phrase alone is interested in talking to you and you're a politician because you thought it was a good idea to have your city put some money in cryptocurrency. How much city money did you put into Mr. Politician? Did the city council, was that whose authority, Mr. Mayor, was all this done? Oh, and by the way, you said you own a bunch of this. Did you make a profit from any of this, Mr. Mayor? Yeah, it starts to get sticky very quickly. And even setting all of those issues aside, then you have to get into, is it even a good idea, much less is it a legal idea? Because as of right now, it's entirely speculative. Neither the city nor the company who generates it have any real plans to get people to start using it to have any sort of merchants accept it, to fund any sort of city projects. It just kind of is another cryptocurrency that has a city's name slapped on the front of it. And there's no nothing else to it. There's You can't use it to do anything. And, and by no means are we accusing the mayor of Miami of doing anything wrong. We're just speculating over here as to what the folks inside the Security Exchange Commission could be thinking when they see a Miami coin that may or may not have had official Miami money invested in it. It's obviously innocent until proven guilty. The SEC has not sticked the dogs on him yet. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll follow up on it as the story unfolds in true tech gumbo fashion. 
And as the story unfolds, it's a much, much bigger story than just City Coin or Miami Coin. As it turns out, in the past six months alone, there's been over a trillion dollars of cryptocurrency gone. Bitcoin is down from its high. Ethereum is down from its high. Both of them are at 50% of its current levels, 60% of what its peak was. And a lot of other currencies are also falling. Some of them are even crashing entirely. So the next one we're going to talk about is LunaCoin and UST. So to, we're going to dive a little bit deeper here to understand this. The first concept is a, a stable coin because the people who work inside of the cryptocurrency ecosystem understand that the volatility is a problem. They've tried to create another financial asset called a stable coin to stabilize. Basically, the idea is that they will artificially manipulate the number of stable coins in the system at any one point in time in order to keep the value of it as close to some real world level as possible. Usually the US dollar, maybe the euro, something like that. They want one stable coin to be equal to one dollar. And so what they can do then is that they can say that one Luna coin in this case is equal to X number of stable coins and that they own both the Luna and the stable coin. And so they can transfer back and forth. And that is their complicated scheme that they've set up in order to try and keep everything afloat. The problem that this one specific stable coin ran into. So, so what they would do is that in the case of the stable coin, if it went above a dollar, they would flood the market so it would drop back to a dollar if it dropped below a dollar they would pull some out in order to push it back up so they were pushing extra in to keep it right there right where it was and they were using blockchain to keep track of all of this so you you could visibly see where the the coins were going back and forth oh yes this, this is all completely above the board this is all completely legal I'll, I'll call it normal. It's it's standard practice, we'll say. It feels weird and strange, but this is agreed upon by a lot of people. This this is not the part where something goes wrong. No, it sounds like they were setting up almost like a stock market for cryptocurrency where they were moving in and out, in and out to stabilize values. That's That's a very good analogy here. And it's also an excellent setup for what happened is that it's believed that there was one group of investors who was able to buy enough of the Luna coin and then sell it at once so that they pushed the price of the stable coin so far down that all of a sudden the people who owned the stable coin couldn't bring it back up. Normally, if it dropped from a dollar down to 99 cents, they would start to to dump into it to keep it where it was supposed to be. But because the group of people who owned the Luna coin dumped so much so fast, the price of the, the stable coin dropped all the way down to 91 cents. And so that huge gap from 99 down to 91 made a lot of people panic and say, wait a minute, 
the whole point of this thing is that it's supposed to always equal one and it doesn't do that anymore. And so then the bottom fell out on it. Everyone sold and said, this isn't, this isn't, doesn't do what it's supposed to. And so it now sits at around 40 cents. And because LunaCoin was tied to that, it dropped from $18 billion down to $770 million, also losing a huge percentage of its total value. It doesn't sound like there was anything stabilizing the stable coin. There was nothing to say that this is a good thing. Let's stick with it. It sounds like it was all based upon emotions and feelings and having some celebrity on TV saying fortune favors the bold. Get out there and be brave. It calls into question the idea of decentralizing our finance system. That if this is the reason why we have central banks, the reason why we have a Federal Reserve is so that you have large, stable, strong systems which are capable of withstanding changes like this. This system, the Luna coin and the stable coin, were just not large enough to withstand the shock to it, and so everything collapsed. And so there were people who had a lot of money in this and all of it dried up. And if you are someone who is not a crypto enthusiast, the idea of having all of your money go away is a bad thing. But most people like their money to grow at about three to five percent per year for 10 years, 20 years, 40 years. And that is their retirement plan. So you're saying losing 17 billion dollars out of an 18 billion dollar value is not a good thing. Is that what I'm understanding you saying? Usually, no. People are generally unhappy whenever that happens. And it's really, you have to start to look around at a lot of the other cryptocurrency that are out there and say, what are you doing to make sure that not only are you better than them, but what happened to them cannot happen to you? Because otherwise, we're going to see similar collapses like this because there's just not enough true internal support to withstand uh, fluctuations like this. And so if that's not bad enough, it turns out that the United States Justice Department is taking an active interest in cryptocurrency trading. If you're on the other end of the United States Justice Department, that's not a good place to be. Yeah, the U.S. DOJ has a, a pretty powerful long arm, and they are specifically going after the use of cryptocurrency to fund crime. And one of the premises of cryptocurrency is that it's supposed to be outside of government control. And the government doesn't like it whenever things are outside of the government control. And so they're going to really start to crack down on this to see... Are people using this? Can we can we track it? Can we trace it? it? It is still anonymous, but are there things around it? Are there things on the outside of us that can tip us off that, hey, someone is, is using this to buy drugs on the dark web? Let's let's make sure that doesn't happen anymore. The fact that they've actually actually prosecuted the BitMEX currency or BitMEX platform and and that was just the first of many that they're going after. When you see 
the the federal government prosecuting people who are intentionally committing crimes and you're running one of these cryptocurrencies you've got to be very concerned even if you're trying to do it honest and honorable way but people are using your platform for nefarious means that's not a good place to be because the thing that they prosecuted the founder of bitmex for was they did not set up proper anti-money laundering programs that's you know you have to put in protections in place so that the bad guys aren't taking advantage of this because if you have the system and you know that it is not well designed and that bad guys can use it to move money around and then you make profit because the bad guys are moving money around you're now profiting off of that international crime that's whenever you start to get attention from the big dogs and you usually end up in jail after that happens. So if that wasn't enough, now the Secure and Exchange Commission, the chairman, Gary Gensler, has said that they're going to add 20 investigators and litigators to the unit dedicated to cryptocurrency and cybersecurity enforcement. Yeah, specifically after the collapse of the stablecoin that we had talked about, a lot of people are starting to say, hey, you know, is this a stable, is it like a, actually a stable asset? Is this something that we can talk to uh, people about? Is this something that mayors should be talking about? What kind of advice can be given? What kind of advice is legal? This is, there's a lot of money moving around and we have rules around money this big for a reason because it's important to have stable structures so that you don't have trillions of dollars evaporating if you heard that phrase they're adding investigators not creating a brand new division so there's already a bunch of people in place and to me as i'm an old guy you know i'm i'm, I'm not old stable give me that conservative investment at three to five percent year every year over year to me, this whole cryptocurrency just seems like it's a Ponzi scheme. What are your, I mean, try and explain to me how it's not a Ponzi scheme. The, 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 my best explanation is going to be that the Ponzi scheme has a very specific definition and that we're the Ponzi scheme's cousin here. And so it all falls under the bigger fool scheme that you might buy it and you know that, oh, well, I'm just buying it because I know that I can sell it for more later, even though it has no inherent value. Well, that next guy, he's a bigger fool than you are, but it's okay because he's also going to say, I can find someone to sell it for more later. And so as it's just whether or not you know you're the fool, There's, it's, it's really just a nomenclature difference. I'm sure the people who are losing this money aren't very comforted by that fact, but it's technically not a ponzi scheme yeah that's not a, that's not comforting <laughs> that's not a real good clear oh come on don't be silly kind of answer i was hoping to get back i'm i just i have not spent any money buying any cryptocurrency i'm not the get off my lawn guy who says you know bah humbug i see it i mean i i, I think it could work that's what the whole blockchain was about but this fluctuation is just, it just makes me crazy. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on the sidelines. I agree. 
And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast, which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there... Be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net, or send us a text, 225-255-0431. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.